This is episode 70 of the Unnecessary Nonsense Podcast. I'm Carlos. That's Dave. I have no idea what's on the agenda. We'll make it up as we go along. Let's wing it. Let's do it live. We're doing it live. Dave, what's going on? As we do, uh, I would like to to share a story with you first to start off that I feel you appreciate, Carlos. You have a story. Go ahead. Because you love beer. I do. You love I'm not drinking beer. it right now because I had already started this before we started recording, but I may magically disappear through the power of editing and suddenly a beer will find its way into my hand. I can't promise yes. I can't promise no. I'm just saying. Something to stick around for longer than, you know, 27 seconds or whatever the time is you were talking about earlier. Inside joke. Continue. Uh, anyway, because you love beer, because you love randomness, and because I know you love memories of the bachelor party in Cleveland. Yes, I've yes, re- the, the most glorious, the most glorious of bachelor parties. By the way, for the record, not my bachelor party, his. I present to you. Nice. Huffbrow Oktoberfest. But is that different than the one I've seen before, or is that something else? No, well, it's it's not the one that's normally in the LCBO. The one that's okay. normally in, in the LCBO is just Huffbrow, like their regular beer. Because apparently for Oktoberfest, which was virtual this year, how they did that, I'm not sure, but it, that's what I've been told. <laughs> okay. Probably uh, a Zoom each, call, like everything each, else. Each brewery in Munich brews a special beer for Oktoberfest. Okay. So if you go, so it's basically they have a, like a Rattler, uh, a Dunkel, which is like a darker beer. Okay. And then they're like lager equivalent, if you will. And, but it's, it's not the regular. It's like the Oktoberfest beer. That's what you get. Uh, so each one makes their own specifically for Oktoberfest. This one is the only one that's available in Canada and, uh, it's good. And it is when we were at Huffbrow house in Cleveland, they had this for some reason. Cause you know, we went in August and Oktoberfest is end of September to beginning of October. So reasons, mm. but it was the only one in that Huffbrow was actually brewed in Germany and shipped over. Everything else was brewed there. Indeed. Little known fact about that. The reason why Oktoberfest starts in September is that in the fatherland, the father actually put the calendar incorrectly, but since he didn't want to ask for directions, he just left it as is. There you go. That's a, that's a fake story I just made up. But, oh, but it's it, on the it internet sounds now. real, isn't it? Yeah. If we put it on Wikipedia, it's legit. If you say it enough, often enough, and loud enough, people will believe it. Correct. Absolutely. Hashtag history. All right. So we did have a couple of basic topics that we kind of ran through. It was a little bit of a mishmash, you know, a potpourri, if you will. And I'll probably just interject some random stuff just because I feel like it. But uh, where do you want to start on your little mini agenda there? Well, can can we go to the story that's been that's been keeping me awake at night? The story that's been keeping you awake at night. Yes. In anticipation. Oh, please. You apparently have a story about a pro wrestler that applied to a job while you worked at Wine Rack. Ah, yes. So this will be a playoff of like last week's episode. Those of you that uh, only made it for the first couple of minutes of last week's episode will never know about it. But the idea uh, was that, so I was working at the wine store at the time. So this is uh, when I was, uh, I had just finished off uh, doing some post-secondary school stuff. Then I got into, uh, it worked so well in terms of uh, post-secondary school that then I immediately started working at a wine store, as you do. But um, so I'm at the wine store and I'm actually working at a secondary location because uh, I was getting paid hourly. So extra shifts meant more, more hours, more hours meant more money. I'll take it. Thanks very much. It was an easy enough job. I, and, but the irony is that I'm not a wine drinker, so it wasn't that interesting for me. But that doesn't mean I don't know how to sell wine. So we're good. So as part of it, though, uh, we had a bunch of stuff come in. And one of the things that came in was some people submitted some resumes. And then I was kind of hanging on to them to deliver them to the uh, acting manager there. But as I was flipping through them, just kind of to quickly do a little pre-scan of them. And I was scanning through and I noticed that one of them, one of the res- one of the resumes had on it, um, you know, professional wrestler. And I was sitting there like, 
Okay. Now, uh, for those of you who may or may not be aware, if you ever go to like wine stores, uh, predominantly ladies are the ones who run, uh, who run or a lot, a lot of the people that work in it. It isn't to say that there are guys that do it. Obviously, I was doing it at that time. And uh, my job predominantly was to kind of keep an eye on things, make things work, and then obviously go go get crap in the back, refill the refill the shelves and do all that. Although everybody could do that. But it was just one of the things that I did just kind of keep myself occupied. Plus, it was good exercise, to be honest. So I, I volunteered for that particular duty as much as I could. But as I was scanning through it, I thought it was very interesting that, uh, that this was the case. So I quickly scanned. And uh, she was a... Uh, she was a female professional wrestler uh, based out of Canada. And the interesting thing is that I hadn't heard of her, but I heard of the organization that she wrestled for. So I had to look in it. I was looking into it. Uh, now, again, this was, so I was working at the wine store back in, this would have been about before I started working at Shaw. So this would have been about 10 years ago. So it's been long, a little while. A long now. time, man. Yeah, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. So this is the person in question. Because they, they had their stage name on it, so you could actually figure it out. This is Taylor Wilde. She was actually a women's champion uh, at TNA that that eventually today is now Impact Wrestling. So she is a Canadian professional wrestler who retired in uh, 2011, not long after the time she submitted the resume of the thing. So she was still a professional wrestler while she applied I think, for the I rack? think she was, but I think she was towards the end of it. She might have been on like a hiatus or something. I don't remember the exact details because obviously it's been 10 years. Kind um, of a random like career trajectory. Well, I think I think it was more a case of like, I get, again, I'm speculating, 100% speculating. I don't know. You'd have to check with her. But uh, I would suspect that if you're at the end of your wrestling career and you're just trying to figure out what you're going to do next, even if you want to take like post-secondary education or something, maybe to get a job doing something else. Well, maybe you need to maybe you need to work to make a little bit of money not dissimilar i i can't i can't argue or complain about it because it's like well what do you think i was doing i was working at the wine store getting paid by the hour not not for my health dave <laughs> i wasn't doing it for my health or for my enjoyment i was looking That's at it true. because i didn't have a specific uh employment path that i had figured out yet i carved out my niche later on at this point i kind of have my niche figured out so i i work as a professional in what i do but at that time it's like all right look i just need to make some money anyway i got bills to pay anyhow so figure out something yeah. do what you need to do I would I wouldn't be shocked if that was the case in in her case just if I was to guess. Now did did she get the job? Nope, not as far as I know. Although I did say to the managers like it's like if if you bring her in for an interview, let me know <laughs> because I was so curious. I was like I I I have questions. I have so many questions, Dave. That's unfortunate. But, yeah, it's like but it was just as a random occurrence. I was like, hey, what the heck? But yeah, that was, so that's Taylor Wilde who was, and apparently she was looking at making a comeback recently, and she's got a podcast. So there you go. Oh, there you go. Now you know that was uh, that was my random occurrence that happened. It was just because it was so random out of the blue, or like in the in the resume it came up because it is it is it is part of your employment history. So there you go. It's kind of cool. Yeah, I don't know if it really helped. Although I think she, I think from what I rec recall, I think she did a good job explaining how because being a performer, having to do mic mic work, having to do all that. Well, that could totally tr that's transferable skills into sales. For sure it is. So it's not so it's not a bad pitch, to be honest. It's I, I could think of worse things that could yeah. work. Uh, I'm, I'm now disappointed that she didn't get hired. Yeah, uh, that wasn't my call. That uh, I it wasn't the one who got to make that decision. But there you go. I would have at least brought her in for the interview. That would have been me. But if there's anything we've ever learned from this podcast or life in general, it's that the world would be a better place if more people listen to you. This is just a fact. It's just a fact. Anyway, so there you go. That is the that is the story of uh, the random professional wrestling occurrence that happened back in the day. Nice. All right. So I'd like to make a little transition to some MLB talk mm -hmm. because I saw something and, and here's the thing, right? I mm -hmm. watched 
maybe an inning, maybe an inning and a half of uh, the game five between the Rays and the Yankees. Okay. So I did not actually get to see the Yankees dejection uh, when they lost and everyone else in the world's happiness at that. Uh, but I was curious because Yandy Diaz, who mm-hmm. is a player on the Rays, he actually did a bat flip. And you know what? I don't really have an issue with the bat flip. Uh, the Jose Batista bat flip, you know, from a few years ago was probably the most epic bat flip of all, mm-hmm. uh, which was absolutely wonderful, especially as a fan. But I don't really have a, I don't really have an issue with people flipping their bat or showing emotion. Like, I, you know, did we talk about the Dodgers thing where the pitcher would blow a kiss to Manny Machado? Uh, no, I don't believe we did. Okay. So I guess I have to do that now to get to my other story. But basically what happened was uh, Manny Machado hit a home run earlier in the game. And was, you know, going around the ba- did a bat flip, going around through the bases, yelling at his dugout, pumping up. He wasn't being disrespectful to the like he didn't chirp at the Dodgers or whatever. Mm-hmm. All right. And then a couple of innings later, uh T- he Manny Machado's on deck. Fernando Tatis Jr. hits a ball that looks like it's going out, and Hody- uh, Cody Bellinger gives a really nice jump and catches the ball, brings it back. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. The pitcher for the Dodgers at the time, like he throws his glove in the air, and I think it was the third out too. And then he, he throws his hat in the uh, in the, towards the dugout. Okay, again, not chirping. But then Manny Machado starts chirping, and it starts going back and forth and whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know what? Like guys should be allowed to show emotion. I have I have no issue with that. And bat flips are wonderful, but bat flips are not wonderful, Carlos. When you take a walk, which really means nothing. It wasn't like it was a bases loaded walk. It didn't score a run. It didn't change the outlook of the game. And this guy, Yanny Diaz, flips his bat on ball four. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, really? And apparently the worst part of this all, Carlos, is uh, they did mention it and they did talk about it on the broadcast a little bit. Mm-hmm. Right. But apparently they're not talking about it anywhere else other than this podcast. And that's a shame because nobody has any business bat flipping on a walk. Everyone has business bat flipping on a walk, Dave. I think they should bat flip on every single walk. They should do it on the first inning of the first spring training game. You know, then you just got a bat flip. I got, I just struck out. Bat flip flip. at the pitcher. Show him true disdain. Your pitching's so garbage, you walked me. Here, Uh, take a bat. I just, I don't know. I was, I was uh, not happy with this bat flip, Carlos. Look, I, I look at the, the reality is I don't care one way or the other. But at the same time, uh, like, look, if, if, if you're upset, I, I, I one thing I've always disliked about the way the baseball does is, number one, a lot of these players are weenies. Oh, you disrespect this with the bat flip. Oh, you tripped us. Like, you know what? Fight. Just fight. And I don't mean the wussy, you know, brawl, supposedly bench clearing. No, it's a brawl. I want someone to bleed. I want someone's leg to get broken on every single one. I don't care if it's the manager. I don't care if it's an umpire. I don't care if it's the mascot. I don't care if it's Sir Purr. I don't care if it's Sir Mix-a-Lot. Someone's going to get it. Are you just adding Sir Mix-a-Lot references again because we get more more views apparently that way? Listen, Sir Mix-a-Lot is carrying this podcast, Dave. <laughs> Literally carrying. I w- I w- it'd be nice if anyone ever else knew what we were talking about, but hey. Maybe you need to watch the episode that has him in the title. And Maybe. it'll all make sense it's because true. I literally quoted myself in the title from the, from the section of the podcast. No, man, you, your title game is strong. Yeah. So like, I, I usually find something. I try to figure it out, but the, but the reality is it's like, look, um, as far as this thing is concerned, they're like, look, man, whatever the, the pitchers always have the option. Like you could, ju- like you walk the guy, he does his bat flip being the next guy in the head. Yeah, that's possible. Like you, you've, you've got, you you can literally retaliate immediately. Like make it abundantly clear. Okay, bat flip. It's like, why did you bat flip, boy? Go complain to your teammate. 
Yeah. You know, and I, I like a little retribution in, in, in my baseball like that. Uh, obviously, I don't think you should ever aim for anybody's head. But oh, I no, aim Car- for the head. I know what Carlos feels. I want blood. I want, I want the next guy to get beaned, and then the other team takes their turn and beans a guy, and then the next one beans two guys, and the next one beans every single person. Bench clearing brawls, some deaths, everybody wins. I don't know what everybody do wins, Carlos, but... Uh... Okay, by everyone wins, I mean me. I okay, win. Okay, fair enough. I will, fair. I'll give you that, man. Yeah. Did, did, have I not discussed the suffering thing, Dave? Like, I enjoy suffering in so many forms. I, I am equal opportunity suffering enjoyer. It's true. If it's someone else's suffering, I love it. Love it. So, tell me this, then. Hmm. That bat flip and yep. the subsequent run that comes off two innings late, two or three innings later, when okay, uh, later. Tampa, Bay, yep. Tampa Bay actually wins the game, yeah. uh, means Tampa Bay is going to the ALCS and they're mm-hmm. going to play the Houston Asterix. Mm-hmm. Carlos, who are you liking in that series and what's your take on it, if you have a take? Yes, I think uh, I think the Minnesota Twins win this one. Uh, <laughs> Can I just parachute them in? <laughs> one of you is getting replaced by the twins why because i need to make this happen because <laughs> carlos oh yeah. well in that case it's like can i bring back the padres too it's like you know what the padres and twins are the world series but, but none of the rest of you matter you're all disqualified <laughs> so what were the teams so, against uh, i really <laughs> it was tampa it was tampa and uh... and houston oh yeah, yeah i don't care uh, i'll be honest with you um uh, the way this, the way that the American League side of the bracket has gone, I would, I would be very shocked if Houston did not win. Well, the way it's been going, yeah, mm-hmm. I, it's like they've got some kind of fucking horseshoe, man. Yeah. Their, their best pitcher goes down. Justin mm-hmm. Verlander, you know, needs Tommy John goes mm-hmm. down. Uh, you know, they. Ha- I think, I don't know. I mean, it, it's hard to tell how much you know other factors play into it, but I feel there, there is at least something on the team about. We want to show people that this we're better, you know, we're more than just the science dealing. Like we deserve to mm-hmm. win that World Series, and here we go. We're going to show you. Well, I this feel, is, but, I feel but, that's but at that's play. Peak. But that's the, that's the motivation piece because, like Carlos Correa was talking a lot of smack, and uh, like literally somebody sent me a text about that. And he was saying Carlos Correa was talking a lot of smack, and I go, yeah, he can talk as much smack as he wants. He's going to have to win because if he talks smack and they don't win, he's a loser. Yep. If they fa- if. But if that's going to motivate you, because at that point you're putting your, you're sticking your neck out there. You talk, you talk garbage and you can't pack it up. You, you'd better be number one, you better win. And number two, you better be a big reason why yep. if you're going to talk. Uh, is there any, okay, here's my thing. I, and I agree with everything you said. This is my yep. take. I, I have a hard time mm. now. Hopefully it doesn't happen and I don't mm. think it will, yep. but I have a hard time with the possibility that a team that hasn't finished with an under 500 record mm-hmm. can win the world series. Okay. That should not happen. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's, they were 29 and 31, Carlos. Yeah. Would you be more or less bothered if they still got to the world series and lost? No, I would be, I would not be, no, because I mean, the only thing I can kind of hope for now is that they make like, part of me wants them to make part of me wants them to get crushed right now, mm-hmm. like in four games and obliterated and everything you described about the bloodbath you want mm-hmm. happens, but only to Houston. Yeah. Okay. Part of me wants that. And the yeah. other part of me wants me them to like go seven, mm. win the thing somehow, and then get obliterated by the Dodgers and everything you described in terms of violence happens. See, you're 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 finally leaning properly into the violence. That's the key. Uh, the key is there's you know two what? violence scenarios there. Because they screwed my team over. To what degree, we'll never know. Right? Uh, but you know, it is it is feasible that it's potentially it is within the realm of possibility 
that if they hadn't stolen signs, that the, the Los Angeles Dodgers would be the 2017 World Series champions. Well, that is the dream that you're allowed to have, yes. I'm just trying to th- – I, I just can't help but think, though, Dave Roberts was still on that team. Sure he was. And yeah, you know what? Was... The other day, did you see what happened? Okay, let can we – do we need to talk anymore about this series? The No, no. I, I, I'm predicting the Astros just because of the way this year has gone, but go All on. Right. So, let, so let's transfer to the, the NLCS now, All which right. is the the Dodgers and the Braves. And the thing here – Or the Padres if I get my parachuting idea. Yes. Please continue. And, yeah, I, my condolences to your wallet. Mm. Uh, so what happened was in the beginning, so there was some question, even the day of the game, who was going to start game three mm-hmm. for uh, LA. Basically, you know, Bueller's going to get his starts. You know, Kershaw, as long as they're both healthy and can pitch, they're getting their starts. And then the, it's kind of a question mark who the other ones, but their starters are Uri- Urias, uh, May, and Gonsolin. Okay. Mm. May had already come into a game in this series, uh, right? But he started the game, and you're like, okay, fine. And then he came out of the game after one inning, right? And another reliever came in, and then they eventually put Urias in, and he pitched like a, a few innings. But I'm thinking to myself, here we go again. I'm like, Dave Roberts is going to Dave Roberts this. I'm like, you're up to nothing, man. Like, it's a starting pitcher. Why don't you just let him start? Or if you're going to want Urias to pitch a bunch of innings, put him in. But now it's like, no, we like the matchup. We like this person against these people, so we're going to start the game. And I think um, the Yankees did it too, right? Where you have like a reliever come in to start and pitch a couple innings or an inning. And I was like, oh. But then again, they won, so I don't really care. I mean, yeah, I, if- think Tam- I think Tampa was the first one to kind of experimenting with that whole like opener as opposed yeah, to a starter. That's what, yeah, exactly. And, and Milwaukee's done it a bunch too. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't know. Like there's certain things like I get that, you know, the way the analytics are going and so much is based on analytics and the Dodgers mm. are unfortunately, because I love the team, but they're, they're one of those teams that's very much into analytics, you know, but as long as they don't talk about war, I guess I can deal with it because, you know, war was a good part. Absolutely nothing. Cause we both agree on that. Mm. But the I Dodgers just, do believe that Mike Trout is the goat, you know, and they probably do actually. Yeah. They probably do. Uh, in my, in my estimation, he is yet another faux goat, Carlos. Yeah. He's no Brady Anderson, Dave. Few people are. Yep. True story. So this series, uh, this would be good. Uh, neither the Braves nor the Dodgers have lost a game yet in the postseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's that. They both been, and they both pitched really well. So you, there I, have been a lot of sweeps in this playoff rounds. The first, you couple. know, to be honest, other than really the the in my opinion the the Yankees uh, Rays series, everything else has been sort of ho hum. I mean, mm-hmm. the game two of the the Dodgers Padres series was really good. But in terms of a series, it, it really wasn't a series at all, right? Yep. And we're kind of hoping now really in the good. championship round now that there hopefully will be a little bit of a back and forth. That'd be I kind would of like nice. to see that. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously I want the. I mean, if the Dodgers win in four and then and they win the World Series in four, I'm not going to complain. I'm going to love that. But you know, you like you you would like to see a series, something because there hasn't been a heck a heck of a lot of drama in this postseason at all. No, not really. So do you have a, a prediction for this one or you have a feel for, for one way or the other, or you want to talk about the new goat, uh, Travis Darno? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We can, we can. Um, no, I, I think, I think, I think what I said earlier stands. Like if I, if we're, if we're not going to have the Padres, the, the correct and rightful world series champions, the only legitimate world series champions, really. Minnesota. Uh, Twins? No, no, the, the, the San Diego Padres, the, um, the only rightful true champions. Really, the people's champions, Dave. The people's champion. 
this other this other championship supposedly irrelevant, meaningless. But um, no, it's I would expect that the Do- the Dodgers should get there. It's what we talked about earlier. Like this is the this is the year where the way that this bracket has gone is if they were going to get knocked out in the first round in an upset, which would have been funny for me. But if that wasn't going to happen, then they should run the table. This has to be the year where they go. It, given the way the bracket is now, it should be to the house. So you don't, is that because you just feel uh, they're a superior team or you don't think the Braves are that good? I don't think the Braves are ready to be that team. Like they, they're good for what they are, but it's like, it's not like they're not, they're not really a dominant team. They're just a team that has a lot of players, a quality players who can play well. If they get hot, you know, they can definitely win some games and, and make a series out of it. If, but in its case, I honestly believe that if the Atlanta Braves go to the World Series, it's going to be because the Dodgers did something stupid again. Like or that's several, pretty much or several things stupid. Yeah, but but they, that's well within their capability. That's well within their wheelhouse. Well, we've that, seen it. We've seen it before. Yeah. So this is like this is on them. It is it is up to the Dodgers to basically execute what's directly in front of their face. Get past the Braves, get to the World Series, and you'll get one of you know Tampa or Houston. And to be honest, they should be favored against either one of them. Yeah, they should be, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's like, to me, if you want it so badly, this this is about as good an opportunity as you're going to get. It's on a silver platter for me. Now, how how much of that do you do you put up to Mookie Betts and his impact and his influence on the team and that signing, right? Because realistically. Uh, you could argue in some, in, in, at least you could potentially make an argument that in terms of, say, starting pitching, uh, they got worse this year mm-hmm. than they, they were last year, right? Losing uh, Rich Hill and Hunjin Ryu. Mm-hmm. And their lineup is more or less the same other than Mookie Betts. Mm-hmm. Right? So, so I mean, obviously, they've they've done some tinkering with the bullpen and, and bought some people in. And they, their bullpen is definitely better than it has been in previous years. Although, mm-hmm. you know, Kenley Jansen is a big question mark. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how Dave Roberts uses him moving forward, considering the, you know, that really it's, it's evident now, you know, he doesn't really want to say it or, or take the word away from him, but, uh, Dave Roberts doesn't trust him to be the closer anymore. And neither does anybody who's really watching the games. Mm-hmm. But so how much of that do you really put up to, uh, to Mookie Betts or other factors? Nothing yet. Mookie Betts is going, if Mookie Betts is going to be a factor, it is starting this round. Because he's definitely played well. Like it isn't that he hasn't played well. I think in the regular season he helped them put together an amazing record. Uh, in the playoffs, unless you've watched more of the games than I have, so unless he's been like carrying the Dodgers here, I think though where you bring him in, a guy like him, his experience, because he has championship medal, he's got that history that a he lot won of the other against the Dodgers. Yeah, they don't. He he's been on the winning side of this, so he has that experience that he can bring to bear. It is now in the National League Championship Series and potentially in the World Series. That's where Mookie Betts is your asset because then you've got a guy who knows what he's doing. He's a good player, a great player, and a star player, and also has the experience. So this is it new for him. He is experienced already winning the thing. So now he's like, all right, guys, rally around me because that's where you. That's where that guy can take you. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. You've got the star player who has the experience too. He's been on the winning side. He knows what it's like and can offer that experience to the others and be like, all right, this is what we need to do to get the job done. Right. That's what I think that is where he'll earn his money. Not yet. Yeah. Right up until this point. Not no. yet. No, I think that's, I think that's a, a fair estimation. I think one of the things that's really been 
nice to see. Well, two things that have been really nice to see watching the Dodgers so far is one is how little they actually strike out. Mm-hmm. Right. So swing, obviously there are some strikeouts in those swing and bad pitches, but their, their plate discipline is awesome this year. That would, uh, that used to be the whole, the old Red Sox and Yankees thing. That's why they would, that's why the, their games would take forever because now both team would take pitches and then foul it off, take another pitch, foul it off, take another pitch, foul it off. They would rarely chase something dumb and not make contact to foul it off. Yeah. So they get these protracted extended at bats, which was to your benefit because you could wear out the starter. You could get to the bullpen sooner. You could wear a team down that way, but that's plate discipline. Mm-hmm. Swinging at bad pitches and finishing it at bad at two or three pitches or one a pitch is like a recipe for just make the starter's life easier then. Then oh, they can sure. go six, seven, eight innings because they barely have to throw any pitches to get you out. Yeah. And and the other thing that I've been been liking is that basically there there's no, you know, we get this guy out and we don't really have to worry about anybody else. Uh, you know, you can make an argument about who's actually really a star. Obviously, Mookie Betts is. Mm-hmm. But but after Mookie Betts, I mean, you have a, the reigning NL MVP, Cody Bellinger, who's had an off year. Uh, but it's you know it depends on the game, right? They'll have really bad games, but somebody else steps up, and that it, you know it's never been like we've talked about in terms of Mookie Betts. It nobody's carrying the team; they're all just carrying each other, mm-hmm. which is which is something that hopefully carries over because that that's really hard to to def- defeat because you can't really game plan around that. Right. If tonight it's this guy, but tomorrow it's this guy and the next night it's, you know, these two guys or whatever. That is fair. I think it's going to be interesting to see my point earlier. Like I said, it's right now the way the playoff has been structured. Everything I just said earlier is true. But at the same time, since they've encountered almost no adversity and literally no opposition up until this stage, they haven't lost. They haven't dropped a game. They've been running the table. So right now, up until this point, as much as I like to tease about Dave Roberts, He's had no reason to do Dave Roberts things because right now this is the easiest. He, the thing is on cruise control. The, the job is basically like, okay, so Dave Roberts, here's the game plan. What? You do nothing. You just sit there and let the, let the end, let the car go down the road. Just it's already on cruise control. Just don't touch anything. Don't, don't do anything. When he's even made, I mean, he hasn't said it like that, but he's made comments to that effect too about this year. Yeah. And the thing is, right now, it's to his benefit because right now there is no re- – generally, a manager's worth, with their experience, those things, come in the high-leverage situation where maybe the game is starting to get away from you and you make a big move. You bring in a re- the right reliever. You, bring, you get the right matchup. You do whatever. Or you let the starter fight out of it because you can sense that they can, they can fight out of it. You make that judgment call. Or you bring in the right pinch hitter. Like, let's use, let's use your Dodgers. 88 World Series. Why is Kirk Gibson there? Tommy Lasorda decided to make a call. He said he he said he wanted to go out there, so he let him. That was basically the only at bat he did in the World Series. That was basically it. That home run. But that home run it, it turned the tide. Bat he did. Yeah, that home run turned the tide. Well, that was a judgment call by the manager. The manager could have still said no, because he wasn't he wasn't going to be useful for anything else in the series. But Kirk Gibson was a guy who had championship pedigree. He's a guy who had experience. You let him have his moment, and he was facing Dennis Eckersley who was the best closer in the game at that time. Mm-hmm. The best lockdown closer in his day and a Hall of Famer down the road. Kirk Gibbs is not a Hall of Famer. Dennis Eckersley was. And in that high leverage moment, he let him have it and obviously became an iconic moment, iconic call the whole bit. But that's a manager's judgment call. That is how where a manager earns their money. And right now, 
the less Dave Roberts does, the closer he is to winning a championship, um, we'll say he earned. We'll go with that for now. But yeah. his earning mean do nothing. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't really argue with that, right? Because, because, yeah, I mean, obviously, at some point in time, obviously, you're as a manager, you're gonna have to make calls because you have to yeah. bring in relievers. You're gonna decide who you know you're who's gonna be numbered, especially now since it's seven days in a row, right? That's that's gonna be a big factor, I think, in both these series and mm-hmm. with the things. It's nice that they have a deep roster because potentially we'll see how it happens. They could be playing seven days in a row, which mm-hmm. hasn't. I mean, it's probably happened before. But I can't remember in my lifetime if that's happened, right? They've yeah. always had off. Day. Usually, it's like you know, one, two, off day, three, four, five, off day, six, seven, or something like that, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, think- but now it's straight through, and and there's going to be a lot of roster decisions and pitching decisions that you know Dave Roberts is going to have to make, and, mm-hmm. and and if he makes the right ones, then he's going to get all the credit, and if they don't work out, then he's going to get all the blame or most yeah. of the blame. I just do think it's going to be to their benefit if everything plays out chalk. If basically he can bring in the starter, bring in the middle reliever, bring in the closer. Starter, middle reliever, closer. Starter, middle. The less variation, the less variance there is in the game, the more straightforward. No, for sure. But straighter keep, the line is. Keep, keep this in mind too, though, right? Bueller in both his starts, and he's only made two so far, has only gone four innings in both starts. Mm-hmm. I th- And par- I think that's partly by design. Yeah, uh, I would imagine. I'm not even sure they'll stretch them out this this series. I think obviously they make the World Series. All bets are off because, you know, they want to get that. We haven't won the World Series since 1988. Monkey off their back, uh, right? But even in this series, I wouldn't be surprised to see him him go four. But I think that's why they bookended Kershaw. That like he's starting first game one, and then Kershaw, which is funny enough, I just got a notification on my phone as I'm talking that mm. says it's confirmed Bueller's going to start game one and Kershaw's going to start game two. And that's mm-hmm. partly the reason they've made those decisions is because of how they want to use the bullpen. Yeah, exactly. The The idea, though, is that the more of these decisions are made ahead of time and the more things stay according to plan, the less deviation he has to do, the less extra managing it. it really, at this point, he, he needs to follow a recipe. It's this much flour, this much sugar, this much salt. Don't deviate. Just follow the instructions exactly. Put it in the oven when we tell you to. Set it at the temperature we tell you to. And walk away. The more yeah. that that happens, the more likely the more likely they'll win a World Series. Yep. And uh, we'll see. We'll, That's I'm the analogy I would use. Don't you like that I use baking cake as an analogy? I, All I you do, have to you do is the follow the instructions. Analogy. Remember, and I will never. I don't. I hope I never forget this. But uh, you explained derivatives to me using a cake metaphor. I am the goat of cake metaphors, right? amongst other so, things. Now you just make me want some cake, too. Nah, I'm okay. Carlos Sr. would agree with me. Yeah, yeah but he's the, mass, he's the man who innovated by creating Cake Day. He's a smart individual. I, I mean, props, props and respect to Carlos Sr. Mm. Don't, that man, don't bolster, that man, don't that man never gets enough due. No, don't don't bolster this man's ego. I should know about egos in this in this space. Do not bolster this man's ego. <laughs> he attempts to have an ego to rival my own, and I will stifle that shit where it begins. It will not. It will be put down. Ah, uh, come on, man. He's a good man. You got to give him that at least. Uh, especially not that. <laughs> okay. Especially not that. Double Would you prefer this? Would you prefer this? He's an extremely evil man who's really easy to like. Sure. Yeah. Is this that is, is that better? I feel I built my brand on this concept, and he like everything else he ripped off from me. He ripped off that off too. But sure. Yeah. But not? he's older. Didn't you rip it off from him? 
That's that's what he claims. I, I, I don't subscribe to that theory. I don't know. I happen to think until 1983, he was actually Jorge. I think he's lying to everybody. I need to see some ID. I need retroactive ID. I need birth records. I need all of it. It's possible. I mean, I don't know if you know, if you know this story, but my, my brother-in-law's dad, uh, I can't remember what his, his name was. And it was literally like when he was immigrating to Canada, he's like, what's your name? And he's like, Ramon. That wasn't his name. He was just like, boom, this is my name now. And, and, all, and since he's been in Canada, he's Ramon. Yep. Even though that was not his name from birth to that moment. And, or even a nickname. He's just like, all of a sudden, he's like, I am now Ramon. Dude, this is what I'm trying to tell you. They came to Canada. Sir, what is your name? Uh, Carlos. What was it before? Pablo. So when the faux Carlos tells you these lies. The faux Carlos. That is why you do not believe this man. Ever. There is one only and one only Carlos. That is it. That is all there is. Fair. He was probably up to some shady shit in Panama, too. Before That's what I'm trying to get at. Like, I do not accept these false Carloses. No, thank you. There'll be none of that. I put that shit down. Anyway, right. what's the next thing you got? Are uh, you any NFL thoughts for this week? I do. I do. I enjoyed the performance of the faux goat. Uh, so tell, tell us about the, the faux goat, which is Tom Brady, in case anyone's wondering. Yeah, yeah, the, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but that was I, that's why that's why I was so struck by how you know how much you detested the whole Houston Astros. It's not like there's a team that won illegitimate championships before. Like, say for example, like I was involved in six say fake Super Bowl championship teams. You know that that happens. You know what though? It really should only be five at least because you know Atlanta. What the fuck? But oh no, I, I real quick. I'm just gonna run through them. Just so we're all on the. Here, are you gonna my, give me? Are you gonna tell me which which ones? Like you're gonna rank them in terms of like most legit to least legit? Absolutely. Yeah, all we're right, gonna do it right do. now. Please do. All right, here the most legit championship I'll give you is the first one, and that's the Spygate one. So that tells you what the rest of them are gonna be like. <laughs> that's the first one, uh, because Tom Brady had almost nothing to do with it. In fact, I think he was carrying, um, you know, Bill Belichick's water at the time. Uh, you know, theoretically he was on the team, but. Um, but they beat, you know, the greatest show on turf. And the advantage they had in that one, other than the Spygate thing, was also the fact that they uh, that they were kind of underestimated by the St. Louis Rams. But the at the bare at the bare minimum, the St. Louis Rams were a legit team. So that's kind of yes. important. We we need to explain that. Uh, the second one they beat. Uh, now again, I may be going out of sequence, so feel free to chip fact check me. But I believe the second one was against the Carolina Panthers. And the Carolina Panthers were uh, a team that just kind of went upstart team that came out of nowhere. And they were being led by the all-time great quarterback, Jake DeLome. Can't go wrong with Jake DeLome, man. You can. You can, And they did, oftentimes. He's, he's from Louisiana, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I wouldn't take credit for that if I were them. That's all I got to say about that. Uh, so anyway. But uh, so, yeah. So Jake DeLome, not exactly Murderer's Row. Uh, part of Murderer's Row on that one. The third one was uh, they beat the Philadelphia Eagles, which – was in the days when Andy Reid would get to the, say, the NFC Championship all the time with Donovan McNabb, and they would lose. And that was the year they finally decided to, like, say, you know, get to the Super Bowl. But uh, they did that with a team that was primed for dysfunction, with a Terrell Owens who was hell-bent on destroying that team from the inside. And despite that, they were in a position, they were within a score of that game. So they did everything they could to implode. They did the opposite of Atlanta. They tried to implode from the start. You know what every, you know what their greatest margin in the Super Bowl win is? Greatest margin? I think that was, wasn't there like a San Francisco one where they beat somebody down 55-10? No. No, no. That was the Dallas Cowboys, I think. It, 10 points. The most recent one when they beat the Oh, you're talking about the New England Patriots. I am. 
I, I thought I was just thinking Super Bowl in general. No, the, the, no, the Patriots, Patriots. Those were all close. Yeah, yeah. The Patriots was ten all points, close. thirteen to three. Otherwise, uh, you have well, you have a couple others that are, but they're all. The other one is six, four. Most of them are th- three, right? They've won three of their Super Bowls by three points. Correct. That's why. That's why. That's what I'm trying to get at. Like, so right there, I just gave you three of them. So I guess and, the most and legit- you per- and that was in order that they happened too. So correct. Good on you. Yeah, but stop your head. Yeah, but the most legit. Now I am looking some of it up because I want to make sure I get the rest of the sequencing right here. But um, okay, so those are the first three, and those were were at that point. Tom Brady is three and zero in the Super Bowl, uh, and the next two are losing to the New York Giants twice. So you know he have the Eli Manning. Uh, because I think, like I said, uh, one of my points that I make about this when I discuss it with uh, associates is that you got to understand that by the end of it all, because pa- he uh, Tom Brady beat Peyton Manning like a drum for their head-to-head matchups for the majority of their time. But then in the tail end, Peyton Manning started getting better of them consistently to the point that I believe Peyton Manning has a winning record slightly now against Tom Brady. Eli obviously has two Super Bowls on Tom Brady, and I believe uh, Cooper Manning, who never played in the NFL, has a winning record against Tom Brady. Archie Manning has a winning record against Tom Brady. Their mother has a winning record against Tom Brady. Their dog has a winning record against Tom Brady. And basically anyone, Preston Manning has a winning record against Tom Brady, and he's not related to them. Yeah. So there you go. And you didn't, you didn't, you didn't <laughs> even get that reference. It was such a good one, too. It was, it was beautifully Canadian. Sorry, man. I was just... You know, it's true. It is. I, I was just this, gonna go with it, man. I didn't. This, but yeah, have to. This is what I have to work. Sorry. Google Preston Manning. You'll understand why the joke actually would have worked. I, I know who Preston Manning is. Should yeah. should is this where someone should be like reform? Correct. They should have. There you go. The, See. The, the, never mind. We're moving on. Anyway. <laughs> so the point is that you know Tom Brady's a loser. But the important thing is at this point he's you know three and three and two, and those Eli Manning you know lost Super Bowls. Well. It's Eli Manning. So that's like minus five Super Bowls a piece. So at that point, he's like, you know, three and three and 10 in the Super Bowl. So that's that's a pretty awful record, to be honest. And then, of course, late. So if you look, if you do the timing between Super Bowl wins, they go basically a decade because they went they won the first three. The last one was in 2004. The next one isn't until 2014. So the Fogo goes 10 years without winning a damn championship. 10 years. And then. He has a late career resurgence right around the time he finds TB12. You know, back in the day of the Mitchell Report, we called that steroids. We called that HGH. You know, we called it the cream, the clear. Go talk to Barry Bonds. We call that that. You know, late career resurgence. But anyway, so in the midst of late career resurgence, the person that I blame for this is, you know, Pete Carroll and the Legion of Boom because he doesn't give it to friggin' Marshawn Lynch to finish the deal. If they do that, I'm sorry. At that point, Tom Brady's lost three straight Super Bowls. Three straight. Lost. And then right after that, well, then what? Oh, well, then that's it. No, then they play the Atlanta freaking Falcons, who gift them a Super Bowl. Gift. Gift. Pretty much. They pretty much were like, actually, they're like, oh, yeah, we want this. And they're like, actually, no. You know what? We don't want this. Here you go, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick. Yeah. And the thing is about that whole thing, and and this is what the funniest part about this is that someone would be like, oh, you're a, you know, Patriot haters. Like, guys, I don't, my team doesn't have a rivalry with the Patriots. I don't care about them. But I do, I do detest a bad narrative that is ignoring reality. The reality is that if Atlanta had been up by any more points and blown this, wrong sport or not, the, the dead body of Kenesaw Mountain Landis would have risen to immediately put an injunction on that entire Super Bowl and put... Arthur Blank and the entire Atlanta Falcons franchise under arrest. 
and that subsequently they would have disbanded the franchise on the spot. The Super Bowl would not would have been concluded immediately. They would have been investigations. There would have been questions. Somehow, you know, somehow someone would have gone to jail, I promise you, because there is no logical explanation for how you can blow a lead like that in the Super Bowl when your only goal in life, and I still believe this, and I have to have somebody run the numbers, I still think they could have won the Super Bowl just by kneeling for the entire fourth quarter. I'm not convinced you couldn't have done that and and somehow won that game. It's, it's quite possible. I mean, running the ball would have been nice, but, uh, you know. No, just general, kneel. Who but cares? It, just it, kneel. Well, you know what? It's a lot less, a lot harder to fumble when you're kneeling. Correct. Just kneel. Not impossible. And you know what? I don't put it past the Atlanta Falcons because ever since that game, they have not been the same. They are such losers. It's incredible. But it's okay because they play in the same division as New Orleans and the New Orleans arch rival. So I I hate to say this because I didn't know what going into that game. Right. Because I actually think we watched part of that game together. I think I actually, I think I actually came over your place for part of that game. For the Atlanta Falcons one, I'm trying to think. But I actually rooted for the New England Patriots in that game. That's the only time in my life that I've ever rooted for that team. So it's your fault. Or, or you know, I instead of saying it's my, like me personally, my fault, I would say it's probably some voodoo curse that somebody in New, at New Orleans put on the team. I'm, I'm, and, I'm thinking that, that's but, what it was, and that was short sighted. Because here's the thing. No one cares. about If Atlanta wins that Super Bowl, no one cares. Dave, it doesn't matter. But you know what it did? It fueled this false goat narrative. The faux goat was built on so, the back of that garbage. So here's the question, because I, I think it the viewers deserve to know, Carlos. Uh, can, I, can I get to the last Super Bowl just before that? Sure. Go ahead. Because I'm almost done my faux goat argument here. All right. Okay. So far, if you've noticed, I basically I basically allege that only one of these Super Bowls is legitimate. And, and that's the one where you this spy gate. That's what I'm classifying as legitimate. That's the and best the I first one. Also the first one. Also the first one. So at this point, that's 2001. So that's 19 years ago. That's the only one that I cl- that I sort of consider legitimate-ish. So we go to the last one, which is they played a new, uh, uh, you know, a Los Angeles Rams team that was true trash. Literally, I am convinced as far as that game is concerned. I'm convinced if both starting quarterbacks had gone down for injury, the outcome would have been virtually the same. Which is to say, the quarterbacks were irrelevant. They could have injured uh, Tom Brady in the first quarter and the Patriots would have still won. 13-3 final. I might I don't even know who the backup for LA was. They I would have considered starting them. Well, but here's my thing, Carlos. What what about this, okay? What about this? What about the fact that maybe maybe the NFL screwed New Orleans Saints on purpose in that in the NFC Championship game that year? Because they knew someone had the clairvoyance to know that New England was going to beat them, would would beat Los Angeles, but they wouldn't have beat New Orleans. Thoughts? No one needs to screw over the New Orleans Saints for the New Orleans Saints to lose. Their franchise's no. existence purpose is to lose, except that one time. But, but what I'm saying in, in this in this in this instance, Carlos, right? You have said it to me multiple times. Yeah. That you feel New Orleans would have been better in that game than the Los game, Angeles was. The problem is you couldn't beat the Rams. The Rams are trash. So what do you want me to say? What's worse than trash? That's the New Orleans Saints. But yeah, I agree with your point. I, like they could have, you probably could have started the game, and they still would have won it. Oh no! If I if I had started the game, we 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 would have won by eighty. I get, I get like oh, oh my going away like going Brady would have retired at halftime. He goes, I'm not dealing with that. It's like I'm done. I'm out. Pete deuces. I'm retired. No, it would have been an embarrassment. 
Like, you don't even know. I wouldn't have even bothered to throw the ball after a while. I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm just going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to run the ball myself. I am doing a quarterback sneak. Why? You can't stop it. You guys suck. So, yeah. I, and that was the one we both boycotted for different reasons. I was just, but, uh, I knew it was going to be a bad game. Like, but I, you know I just what? I don't regret, game. I don't regret not watching that game in any way, shape or form. No, that game was trash. That game was utter trash. Uh, but no, the reality. So here, here's the thing. So at that point, like, think about that. So six Super Bowl championships and three of them are, the last three in particular are, are egregious. Like the last three of them are an embarrassment. And I skipped over the one where, uh, where the Eagles beat them. And, you know, Tom Brady lost to a backup quarterback. So he's lost to Eli Manning, who's a third string, third string quarterback. And he lost to Nick Foles, who was the backup quarterback. Yeah. Maybe the Rams should have gone to the backup. Maybe. The backup records are tremendous against Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Burn. They're undefeated. Burn. Even though, you know, Eli Manning was starting quarterback, right? Like Allegedly. Okay. I like to think that Michael Strahan was a starting quarterback of that team. But, it might know, have been. It, might, it wouldn't have hurt. But the point is that, like, that that's what you have to face. That's it. Again, losing record against everybody named Manning. Preston Manning, the dog, Cooper, all of them. All right. So the, here's my question to you. What's your question? Okay. So in in all seriousness, this is all. Okay. I was very serious about 95%. I know you were. I know. What I'm saying here is your answer that you're about to give me cannot be Jameis Winston. Because you, I I know you know you don't actually believe that. (laughs) Okay, go ahead. All right. Who's the real goat? Who is the, yeah, who's the real goat? I'm not arguing with you. The Montana. I don't don't think Montana's been thrown. Montana had a perfect record. So let me make the serious case. Hold on. Let me make the real case here. Joe Montana is 4-0 in the Super Bowl. Joe Montana played for that uh, San Francisco 49ers team in an era where you were not putting up the gaudy numbers. So that's fair. But when it came down to winning Super Bowls, they got business taken care of. And that San Francisco 49ers team in the midst of doing that and winning those championships uh, didn't have all manner of shadiness to help them. Didn't need to resort to, you know, taping the sidelines, uh, you know, HGH injections, you know, TB12 method, all that good stuff. They were able to win those championships against the best that they had at the time. So they faced the best opponents they could face. I would argue that the opposition that, uh, and I'll pull it up as I'm talking, but I would argue the opposition that the San Francisco 49ers faced on paper is better than the opposition, the uh, New Orleans, uh, sorry, that the, uh, that the New, New England, England Patriots, Patriots actually face in the championship, in the ones they won. They didn't get an Atlanta Falcons who just rolled over for fun. They actually had to beat real teams. So let me just do this here, 49ers. And the other thing, though, that's key for me, and this is really important, they had a couple of uh, Super Bowls where they won definitive, decisive victories. They had Super Bowls where, like, it was not in doubt. You knew who won. There is no New England Patriots definitive, decisive Super Bowl win. Correct. There never was. And that, that that was the whole thing with all that stuff. It's like... I have a lot of trouble giving you the credit that you think you deserve if you're telling me that I have to accept the, the, the possibility that it's like, okay, well, they're really good. It's like, eh, are they though? Because they have to scratch and claw by the skin of their teeth, barely against the team. Again, the Jake DeLome. Jake DeLome's trash. They barely won that Super Bowl against Jake DeLome. That's like playing punch out and facing Glass Joe and winning on points. Ugh. Why? Like, That's a, man, I love one. the references you're just bringing up. He, he's the I worst one. It. Like, you're, you're supposed to knock him out in the first round. It's supposed to be the easiest game you're going to play. Like, I don't understand. Like, you're, you're the you're the supposed goat, and you struggle against mediocrity. 
You lost to the backup quarterback. You lost to the eighth string quarterback, Eli Manning. You lost to the dog. Probably Cooper was in for a couple of snaps. How do we know he wasn't? He doesn't even play in the NFL. Are we sure Archie didn't throw one of those passes? How do I know? Hey, I can't say that for sure. I didn't see him under the helmet. Exactly. Yeah. So real quick, the San Francisco 49ers, the first Super Bowl they won against the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't think they played Boomer because this was 1982. Although it might have been. Like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure who the quarterback was for uh, Cincinnati. I will look that up for you as you keep going. Yeah. So that was the first one. And they won by five points. So not like not like a huge like thing, but a clean victory. Uh, the second one, they played against the Miami Dolphins. And this is where they played against Dan Marino. This is Dan Marino coming off that MVP season. And they walloped them by and they mollywopped them by 22. Dan Marino is pretty good. Yeah. And they whooped them. They put up 38 points on them and only gave up 16. They beat them soundly. And Don Shula was still the coach back then. You know, Hall of Mm -hmm. Fame coach Don Shula, Mm -hmm. a legitimate coach, a legitimate quarterback. They had some deficiencies. Let's be clear. That team was not perfect. But that team was good enough to get to the Super Bowl. Yep. It was Ken Anderson, Anderson, not Boomer. Yeah, I figured. Yeah, I I didn't think it was for that one. But they beat him by 22. That's pretty decisive, I feel. That's pretty strong. And San Francisco didn't bother to score in the fourth quarter because they didn't need to. They scored 38 points in three quarters. Yeah, that's impressive. They beat them soundly. That was no problem. How about, uh, let's go here, third one. So this was uh, San- so this was a little bit more of a nail-biter. They played uh, the Cincinnati Bengals in 1989, so that would have been Boomer probably. And that was 20-16. Uh, to 16. But Boomer size is a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah. Again, a legitimate opponent. And they had to fight him a little bit, but they won. And San Francisco scored 14 points in the fourth quarter to win that. They had to come back to win it. Nice. So they fought a legi- they fought a Hall of Fame quarterback and won. By the way, this is the second Hall of Fame quarterback he's beaten. Second. Then in 1989, this was the next one, uh, they played against the Denver Broncos against John Elway. And they won 55-10. Yeah, that's pretty legit. How about, how about I just whoop you even harder than I beat up Dan Marino? So, so instead of Glass Joe, he's like, I'm just going to go straight to Mike Tyson. I'm going to knock you out in one round, and then I'm going to go face Uber Tyson, knock him out in a round, and how about Mecca Tyson? Knock him out in a round. You're not even in this game. Please go away now. He dispatched three out of his four championships were against Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Yeah. I mean, three no out argument. of four. And again, Kurt Warner, Hall of Fame quarterback. That's legit. Mm-hmm. Jake DeLum, not Hall of Fame quarterback. Eli Manning, borderline at best. And he lost those. Donovan McNabb's not in the Hall of Fame. Nope. He's not there. So those there's three championships there. One Hall of Fame quarterback. We have to wait until the career resurgence. We plays Russell Wilson, who will probably be a Hall of Famer. That's legit. I think that's fair. I think, I think so, he'll yeah. I think he'll get there. And at least they won their championship prior to that. So f- full value. Fair enough. That's probably their next best championship. But again, I think they're one Marshall Lynch carry away from winning that one. I think that was a mistake. That was a tactical error. By Absolutely. So I disagree with the play call on that. So that's, you know, two. And then after that, we're looking at Matt Ryan. Meh. Jared Goff. Really? Not exactly nope. a murderer's row here, bro. And by nope. the way, you barely beat Jared Goff. You barely beat Matt Ryan. You had to come back to beat Matt Ryan. Like, it sounds to me like he's trash. I think Tom Brady's like, you know, a borderline Hall of Famer at best. Borderline. I just wait for all the uh, the Patriots fans to just go nuts on the comments. Yeah, is there, is there like an eighth ballot? Could you be? Could you hold them back for like a decade or two? You know, just sit back but, and I'm like, hey, we got to think about it. You know what? Regardless of what you're saying, I, <laughs> I, I would hope that people listen because Carlos is making a fairly compelling case here. 
I, I when it comes to the Joe Montana thing, yes. The the Brady thing is just un, unjustifiable hate, just for fun. And, and it's not even, it's not even hate based on fandom. It's like, no, I just think he's not that good. But I also feel like you you may I feel like you make a legitimate case that Brady is overrated. Oh uh, no, on that point, he is the goat of being overrated. <laughs> like like oh my god, he, he is a good quarterback. Good, not great. Good. Yeah. You know what? But my, and it, we'll never know the answer to this, right? Uh, because yep. this season isn't real. I mean, people are saying no, this season I, nothing, is going to tell nothing us. Nothing that happens this year is going to help this. Is going to help or hurt the case because he's exactly. now he's old. Now he's old. And, he's got Andy, a built-in. And he's and he, but the, I, what I'm saying is, but people are you know, is it re, who's more responsible, Brady yep. or Belichick? My argument has always been that, it's, or my and my opinion has always been that it's Belichick. It's 100 percent Belichick. Uh, but. But you you're never gonna know for I mean you can't prove that it's too late. because you know you he right I yep. mean this year if the Patriots do better than the the uh, Bucks or vice versa it proves nothing yes no the thing here's the thing the Patriots could run the table and go to the Super Bowl and win now is that gonna bolster the case for Belichick because he grabbed Cam Newton effectively off the scrap heap Cam Newton's not a bad quarterback but nobody wanted him for a while they basically picked him up on like a near minimum deal. Yeah. Exactly. So in reality, like he basically picked them up off the scrap. If they go in the playoffs, go deep and get to the Super Bowl, heaven forbid win. Like it's going to be it's going to be a feather in Bill Belichick's cap. We're going to we're going to he's going to solidify his position as the GOAT coach. I think the argument for him being the GOAT coach is way stronger than Brady's argument for being the GOAT quarterback. Fair enough. Like it's just because he's done it for so long. So many pieces. And by the way, he was also involved in personnel. He's basically the general manager too. So it's like he built the teams. Mm -hmm. The guys Brady's throwing to, the guys that are blocking Brady. And keep in mind, you know, you've had a lot of, you know, there haven't been a ton of big name stars on the Patriots rosters. Yeah. And when they had the big name wide receiver, they didn't win. They went 18 to (sighs) one. That's so satisfying that. It is. I guess the eight straight quarterback. Think about that. So. Any, any, uh, before we wrap it up then, Carlos, mm. uh, which is, that was fantastic. I hope people appreciate that. Uh, any thoughts about any of the games this week in the NFL? Well, um, not really. I think, I think it's going to be an interesting week because right now it's because of the lack of training camp and all the things that have happened so far, it's gone like on a week by week basis. Uh, Joe Flacco is not going to be in for Sam Donald. So he's doomed too <laughs> because he's a statue. He can't move. <laughs> so that's going to be funny. Um, I think it's going to be a day where I'm going to put on a red zone and just kind of let it flip around. I'm going to be curious to kind of see, because I really don't feel like there's a specific game that I'm like, Oh yeah, I got to watch this specific game. See what happens. Because right now there's a couple of matches. It's like, Ooh, yeah, no, fair enough. Uh, it's interesting though, too, to see how we're going with, you know, different, uh, teams having sort of COVID outbreaks and how that is, is, or is not going to play effect in the, you know, either the results or when the games get played. Obviously, we had the uh, the one game from last week, the Pittsburgh game. It wasn't because of Pittsburgh. It was because of Tennessee, but mm-hmm. had we rescheduled. But it looks like Buffalo and Tennessee are playing on Tuesday, I believe, this week. I believe there is a Tuesday game. That's right. Which, uh, you know, I'm all for, you know, football on different days of the week. But uh, this is kind of weird. And, and it's it's question of, you know, who's going to be able to play and who's going to be healthy enough to play and the, and the protocols. And the league is getting really tested in that. Uh, also, there was supposed to be the... Uh, well, not supposed to be. There is a hurricane uh, cur- that currently hit Louisiana, but they've decided that they're going to play the Saints game on Monday night mm-hmm. in New Orleans. Uh, you know, I feel there should be a prop bet on whether the power goes out in that game. 
but I, I'm it's one of those. Do I want to watch a rookie quarterback pick apart the Saints defense or do I not? Where are they playing again? Uh, San Diego. Ooh, you mean Los Angeles? Yes, yeah, so I'm not. You know what? But I, didn't I haven't I said on this podcast before that I can call them Los Angeles Rams with no problem. But for some reason, I have a hard time calling them the, the Los Angeles Chargers. So I just call them San Diego because why not? You should just be like Superchargers. Yeah, Justin exactly. Herbert has looked good in limited action, like as a as a rookie quarterback. Speaking, speaking of teams that I, that I like to misname, Carlos, I am currently wearing a Miami Marlins shirt. Why? Because I like the logo. I see. It's it's that honestly that stadium and everything about that team, other than the players themselves, it's so gaudy. It's just like the weird sculpture they had in the outfield that you know for home runs. It's just it was weird. It, the color scheme is just they tried to go with this whole, you know, South Florida, South Beach kind of vibe. And it just. Ugh. Mm-hmm. But yes, Herbert has looked good. Uh, yeah. So the San Diego, Los Angeles Chargers. Is that better? Sure. Uh, you know, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, you know, it, I think it'll be an interesting game because there's a lot to watch there for uh, watch watch there. Uh, so obviously I'm looking forward to that game. I'm also seeing, looking forward to seeing Buffalo on a Tuesday night. Uh, Cause you know, Buffalo, but yeah, I think it's, it's one of those things like this, this season almost it was built for red zone. Mm-hmm, right. Or red zone was built for this season rather. Yeah, I think so. Uh, first, now mind you, I'll watch my team, but I think, but the of Packers course. are on a buy. So, so right now that they're off this week. When I, I'm just looking, looking at the schedule just to see if there's anything interesting. Give me a second. <clears throat> Yeah, so Cleveland's going to try to go to four and one against Indy. Interesting. Um, not particularly exciting, but interesting. Let me see here. Ooh, well, yeah, the Tampa Bay game's already over. That happened. That was the uh, faux goats fall for this week. Interesting. And the Dallas Cowboys taking on the New York Football Giants in the battle of which team sucks marginally more? Yeah. Really, the Dallas should roll them just because the Giants are a disaster. Like a true disaster. To be honest, quite frankly, uh, there are not a lot of like mark like the games this week, unless your team's playing. It's nothing that I'm particularly excited about. May I, I mean I think maybe Colts Indy may be the best game, the best Sunday potential. Maybe Eagle Steelers. Uh yeah. maybe, but you know, there's a couple I mean, the of division, division leading Eagles at one, two, and one. Yeah. Like what? But you know they did look a lot better last week, so that division's so bad, so bad, Carlos. It is so, so bad. bad. It's such trash. You know, yeah, it's 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 looking to be a tough week. <laughs> I kind of I kind of want Washington to win that division, just so you can say the Washington football team won. That would be a thing, yeah. I can I can I'm kind of hoping that like I'm rooting for the division winner there to win like five games. That'd be amazing. It's you know what at the Let's rate we're it. going, it's I, I mean, is that even possible with the the amount of games they play against each other. Maybe if, maybe if there are a few more ties. Okay. So like with enough. some ties, we could get a five game winner in there. Like th- that that's happened in the CFL before the Ottawa team won with like uh minus seven games or something. And they got to the great cup. I think that's yeah, happened. It before. does happen. It does yeah. happen. But yeah. you know, yeah, I, I don't remember the exact record. Like, you know, Oaks can tell us. I think I think they were like 0 and 147 and they got through the Great Cup. I think it doesn't really matter. Everybody makes the playoffs. It's like, no, they don't. yeah, they do. Why not? Sure. In the East. Yeah, here you go. You're in the Great Cup. We didn't win anything. Yeah, it's fine. 
We lost to the JV team. We was fine. Don't worry about it. it. Doesn't make a difference. I think that's it from us today. Then uh, I got I one more we... thing. Then before we go, okay, one let's let's hear it, buddy. All right. So Miami forced the NBA Finals to Game Six. This the coronation. Is the coronation of LeBron James has been delayed a day. Here's the question that we'll leave everybody with. Do they actually finish it in six or do they force a game seven? And then all of a sudden in Los Angeles, the tremors happening are not from an earthquake. I, I think that, I think it goes six. I think, you know, uh, but then again, you know what, because we've, you know, made some jokes here about Jimmy Butler being the hardest worker ever in the history of life. Yes. Uh, you know, he, he's had some game, I mean, he's had a hell of a series. So it, it's certainly possible that it goes seven. I for one hope it does for a variety of reasons. Uh, you know, so could he lift some more fake weights, do some more primal screams and intimidate the Lakers into forcing a game seven? I, I think he can, Carlos. I think he can. Mm, mm, mm. I like it. But then I like to see the world burn. So this is true. It's kind and, of and maybe uh, you will, of... Carlos, if LeBron doesn't win. You should be rooting for Miami too, Carlos. I'm rooting for uh, whatever will make Skip Bayless angry. I think if he goes to seven and LeBron hits like an 80 foot three pointer to win the championship, <laughs> his head would actually explode. That's fair. I think that'd be kind of fun. It would be you and the violence, Carlos, you and the violence. Hey, listen, it is what it is. I'm consistent on this point. You are. It is true. All right. So that's it for us. Now, uh, then we'll finish it off here. Uh, unfortunately, for some reason, it didn't occur to either one of us, but I'm going to do it right now. Yay, ticker. I just realized until you said yeah. that, I was like, I yeah, I, I, I was looking at it. I was like, ah, something's missing. Something is missing. But anyway, you can check out us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. Watch it on the YouTube channel. It's better. You get to see me make gestures and uh, make faces and, and passionately argue against the faux goat, the false goat that you have propped up on this mantle. I am here as the Grand Inquisitor to cease with this heresy. None of you heretics are allowed to make these football arguments anymore. He is the faux goat. The real goat, quotation marks, is Jameis Winston. The real goat, no quotation marks, is Joe Montana until further notice and I'll let you know when it changes. There you go. Three Hall of Fame quarterbacks, Dave. Three out of four. Three out of four Hall of Fame quarterbacks. That's a real goat. You have to beat actual opposition, not the Atlanta freaking Falcons. In accordance with the prophecy. True statement. So that's it for myself and Dave. I'm going to have to edit some of the shit because... <laughs> Reasons. Anyway, so that'll be it for us. We'll catch you in the next episode, episode 71, next time.